The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to the Forever Fab Podcast. It's the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madare, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. This week's episode is dedicated to perseverance. It is called A Journey of Dreams, How to Design Your Life in Fashion. And this is my interview with Victor Glamad. Welcome, Victor. Thank you, Dr. Shirley. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much for giving me your time in this new year. And what an illustrious career you have had, (laughs) and you are still currently enjoying. I'm very happy for you. You were born in Haiti, as I was, and raised in New York City, as I was. And you have an impressively focused trajectory in fashion, and we're going to talk all about that. But first, a few bullet points. So... Victor Glamaud was a finalist in the 2017 CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund. He began his career as a design assistant for Patrick Robinson, right? Yes, while a studying long a long time ago, while studying at FIT or the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. For those of you who don't know what FIT is, he then worked briefly as a publicist at a well-known PR firm, and I'm sure you learned a lot there. And after yeah right, and after that stint, you soon realized that you were more passionate about becoming a maker and a creator. So you returned to designing in 2005, first as the women's wear design advisor and later as the studio director, both at Paco Rabanne, yes, who happens to be in, pa- in Paris, of course. But bien sûr. <laughs> Subsequently, you became the style director at Tommy Hilfiger yes. in America. Back in New York. Back in Nueva oh. York. And so you launched your eponymous brand in 2006, first as a menswear line. Mm-hmm. But then after five years, you reassessed your plans and continued to hone your craft as a freelance designer, and you went back to Europe. Correct. Okay. In 2016, you reintroduced yourself as a women's wear designer, and you're particularly talented, if I may say so myself, at creating knitwear that is designed democratically. Meaning for all people, all genders, all races, all sizes, all, all, all personalities. And I think that's beautifully inclusive. Thank you. Your designs have been worn by a long list of celebrities and influencers and even plastic surgeons like me. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate influencer. Okay. <laughs> and you've been raved about in a wide variety of press, including Vogue, The New York Times, WWD, Allure, New York Magazine, V, and most recently, Fashionista.com. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a great, great article. I had fun doing that. Okay, good. I'm glad you did. I read it. It was very complimentary, as it should be. Thank you. So, you are from Haiti, question number one. Yes. Describe your journey from there to here in the now. And and 
where you're a fabulous New York City designer. <laughs> I mean, did you envision it? How did this happen? I know it was a long road, but did you man? How did you manifest the, this? The little kid who was born in Haiti, who now is a New Yorker and doesn't know how to drive. Classic <laughs> no, New York story. Really? I don't know how to drive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's because you had a driver. <laughs> Except to get here because I was late. I'm sorry again. No, no worries at all. Um, no, I was born in Haiti, and yes. we moved to New York when I was three. Okay. And I went back to Haiti, you know, when I was younger and yes. in elementary school and high school. So, and I grew up in a Haitian family in New York, in Queens. Yeah. So I feel like it's the best of both worlds. You know, I have my New York sensibility, yes. and I have my Haitian sensibility. When I have you know, lunch or my mother comes over for dinner with yes. my husband and I, like, yes. she's like, do you want Haitian food? And we're that, both like, yes. yes. <laughs> you know, and that's sort of the world that I live in. Like, my friends know my family. My yeah. family know my friends. My friends love, like, my auntie's hot sauce that she makes. Yes. And I have always celebrated where I am and yeah. where I'm from. And it wasn't that cool at the beginning of my career. Um, but now it is. Yeah. So I'm thrilled that everyone could sort of be where I've always been. That's wonderful. It's it's your network, right? Your family, yeah. your friends, your friends, yes. your family. Yes. It's a very, you know, exactly. And that's how we value. met. Yes, and, that's and, right. And I think, you know, through the diaspora and yes. people who share the same background yeah. and are now comfortable to share it openly with yes. the world, yeah. it's great. Yes, you have a supportive tribe. Same, same, and just like you. And I include myself a member You of that. definitely are. <laughs> now, what is it about fashion that attracted you to it as a career? Well, it was a career that my parents and my family did not understand. Yes. But through my older sister, who like loved fashion and still does. Is and that Miss Fabienne? Yes, yes. The one and only. She is fabulous. <laughs> Shout out to Fabienne. Fabienne Glemot. <laughs> um, and her subscription to Vogue and L and W. And that was really my introduction to fashion as a potential yeah. career. Yeah. But my father specifically was very you know, well-dressed and very stylish and really sort of rigorous about how we dressed and the way we yes. looked. And so that sort of instills sort of like certain restrictions and yes. codes in dressing. And then the right. fashion magazine. standards. Yeah. They just allowed me to just sort of dream. Mm. And, and that dream started there. But I didn't know how to work in fashion. I didn't know it was a potential career. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I was like, I like cooking and I still yes. cook. yes. And I liked fashion. And I knew I could go to school in New York, and I really wanted to leave New York and potentially learn how to drive right. and all these <laughs> other it. things. Forget it. I tried. <laughs> I tried leaving New York. I went yeah. to school in Providence for yeah. a year. I yes. hated it. Uh -oh. I hated driving. I hated uh -oh. the whole thing. I came back to New York. Okay. Done. Now you don't have to drive. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to drive in New York. <laughs> well, and uh. I quickly went back to FIT or quickly transferred to FIT. And once I stepped into that class and my first class was this like textiles class. Yes. And I made my really good friend in that class, my only good friend from college in that class. Yes. I was like, this is where I belong. You felt it. Like instantaneously. Yeah. It was it, great. It was like some brides, you know, when they see the dress, yes. they know it's the dress. Yes. Yes. So when you walked yes. into that class and you took the class, you're like, that's it. Yeah. It was a feeling. Yeah. It was a knowing. Yes. I was like, this is where I belong. These are people who understand what yep. I am trying to achieve. And I didn't yeah. know what it was. I didn't know what my journey would be. Yeah. I still don't know what my journey is going to be. Yes. And 
I've never looked back. Good for you. Now, I have to say, you, you mentioned that it was your sister looking at the Vogue mm-hmm. magazines and the fashion magazines where you started to dream and those images. You know, we have to give a lot of credit to the magazines because I know a lot of them are going out of business these days and everything is turning digital, but there's something about holding the page and flipping through the pages yes. and holding yes. the magazine and, and just seeing them and allowing somebody to visualize something yes. that they yes. can actually feel. Yes. There's something to be said for that. Oh, so, it absolutely is. So. And you know, in the 90s, mm. you know, you, the wait, the 90s, the 80s, yeah. there wasn't this instantaneous, like, mm. we. I had to wait for those magazines That's to right. arrive to every month. month. Yeah. You know, I had to wake up early on Saturday mm-hmm. to, like, watch CNN with, like, Elsa Clinch. Like, right. it was, like, remember right. that? Elsa Clinch, You right. know, it was, like, a very specific <laughs> thing. Yes, that, when she reviewed all the shows. Exactly. Yes. And, yeah. and you had to seek it out. That's right. And even now, you know, there's so much things at your fingertips on your phone, but you still have to seek out the complete story. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's very true. So what do you like about being a boss? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, should, in your career. I don't know about at home. We <laughs> should start with what I don't like. <laughs> okay, sure. What don't you like about being a boss? That's, that's honest. Um, managing people. Uh, and people's time and, right. you know, this and that and all of that. Yeah. That's, you know, and payroll and cash flow and mm-hmm. all of those fun things yes. that no one prepares you for when no you go to fashion you. school. Or medical school for that matter. <laughs> I commiserate. The reality of business. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm really lucky in my career where I've worked for a lot of people mm. or I've freelanced for a lot of people yeah. or I've worked in an agency where I got to see people's businesses from their design studios mm-hmm. to the way they do, you know, the marketing to the way they do all of this stuff. Yes. And from all of that collective history of work. Yes. I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. You know, like I freelanced for Naeem Khan and he was always having lunch with the team and uh, this and that. And I yeah. love that. I freelance yeah. for Tori and I like her live work balance and yes. she raised her kids Children, right. and built this great business. Yeah. You know, Patrick Robinson, who I've worked for twice and is one of my best friends and Wonderful. my mentor still to this day, he has a great sort of creative and business mind. Mm-hmm. And I can see from all of these varied people yeah. who have different businesses, whether from what they design or the size. And I can say, okay, I really like that. I think this You can this pick and works. choose what works for you. And I can sort of adapt it that way. And, you know, I have built this business quite steadily in the last four years yes, now. You, have, yeah. you know, really conscientiously and trying to be profitable and mm-hmm. build it into something mm-hmm. that can grow and withstand the time and you know in fashion like it's a marathon it is not a sprint oh my god it takes a lot of time yes it does but we don't realize that because there's so much fast fashion yes yes Yes. and it's glamorous and there's celebrities and it's this and you know it's but it's work it's It's like everything of course and there's so much more to it than what we just see oh yeah oh yeah but you don't want to see it it's (laughs) (laughs) we might pull back the curtain a little bit later in this interview close it quickly Uh, close it quickly right (laughs) Why do you feel it's important to design democratically, meaning for all people? And in doing so, are you expressing um, your social views through your artistry, or did you find that there was a void in the market that you wanted to fill? You know, for me, I think to be a designer for today in 2020, you, I was just like, I want to appeal to a large range of people. You know, I, I have 
women in like conservative women in the Midwest wearing my yeah. clothes. I have people on the train in New York City wearing my clothes. Yeah. There are business women in Hong Kong who wear my clothes. Wonderful. And that's my dream. Yeah. And I hope to dress more people. And yes. it's it's not about you look or you have the same views as me politically or ideologically or race or sex or this or that. It's about, for me, it's yes. really about dressing all people. And it's not just people who are a size two. It's not just people who, you know, have large bank accounts. You know, so I my strategy to build this business was really to focus in on the price yeah. and the quality yeah. and the design. Yeah. Because and you do all of it well. Oh, I hope so. Yes, you do. <laughs> Testament. <laughs> fan. You, you I'm a fan. You cannot see what Shirley's wearing today, but she looks divine in blue, Victor <laughs> Glamour. <Thank> you. <laughs> it is, of course. So because of that, you want to dress all people and want, want your clothes, your creations to be accessible to all people. Do you think in general that everyone should have access to fashion? Because not everyone does, right? There's fast well, fashion yeah. and there's couture. You, yeah, exactly. You know, I... I do. I don't think my industry does. Mm. You know, I think people, some people, I should say, yeah. want things to be like they were, where it was really, you know, you controlled who got it, how they got it, and where they got it. Right. But that doesn't exist anymore. You know, if I go to a store and see something and then yeah. go home and buy it online, right. it's still a sale. That's right. If I see it online and then go to a store and try it on and buy it there, it's, it's the same the thing. Right. And I just think people are now deciding when and how they shop. Right. And I think that's great. Power to the people. Exactly. Like, why not? <laughs> why not? I mean, after all, I like to decide what I'm wearing. And you do it quite, quite why, well. Thank you. I, I do particularly <laughs> think that today my outfit is impeccable. <laughs> you have a lot of experience in business, as you mentioned, the business of fashion. What would you say is the most impactful thing that your experiences and all your freelancing taught you about the, about fashion as a business and um, about having a brand? All of my varied experiences taught me about taught me two things. Patience, which mm. I still have to remind myself of every single day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I so think maybe that's a it's, human it's, 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 te it's teaching me. Yes. And also tenacity, which mm. really got my foot into the door at I the very that. beginning of my career. I love that. And, you know, I have seen people who are at their peak in terms of image and they're super famous and yes. da da da, but their business sucks. Mm. Or people who have a great business and, you know, it's selling, 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 but no one knows who they are. Ah, you know, so it's interesting. it's something in this like secret sauce, yes. which no one knows how to create it. That yep. you can sort of have both of those things at the same time. Right. But not a lot of people have that in right. fashion. Right. And do you think that secret sauce is something that's taught or something learned or something that you just kind of feel out once you're out here? I think it's it's about really persevering mm -hmm. and like sticking to it you know if you look at someone like a michael kors who is oh, yeah. a global brand Absolutely. all over wherever i travel like you see a michael everywhere. kors bag yeah everywhere you go yeah you know his business he's been around for a very long since like the early 80s wow 
And I just realized that it's been the early 80s. Yeah. And, and I, fi- I think I know a lot about fashion, right. but I didn't realize how early Michael Kors had been around. Definitely. And his business has been up, and he's worked for other people, oh, and yeah. it's done this, and he's done that. And that's about tenacity, yep. and that's about patience. Per- and perseverance, yeah. And perseverance, yeah. because that's how you rise up when you get knocked down. And that's, that's right. what it takes. I agree. Did I say that this podcast was dedicated to perseverance? I sure did. Yes, and I didn't even know did. we were going to talk about There we go. <laughs> Prophetic prophecy here on the Forever Fab podcast. <laughs> so you clearly represent diversity in fashion as a designer. I hope okay. So. Yes, you do. But what about inclusivity? Mm. Um, has the fa- I know the fashion industry has embraced diversity because they talk starting about to. starting to. They, they talk about it on of, the runways. There's a lot of talk. Yeah, talk about it in terms of the designers. But what of inclusivity? Because I think they're two different things. You mm. could have diversity, right? And you could be... Mm, you could eat from the table, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are allowed to sit at the table Correct. and have the conversations Correct. that Correct. make things happen. Correct. So what about inclusivity? For me, uh, you know, and I talked to my friend Beth Ann Hardison about yes. this. I talked to Iman about this. And, you know, in my mind, they got this conversation started about the model and the yes, image. And yes. that has grown into what we see today, which is remarkable. Remarkable. And Bethann has this thing going on with the CFDA that I'm sure she wouldn't mind if I talk about. Yes, I'd um, lo- love to have her on the podcast oh, to talk about I'll it. Oh, I'll introduce you to. Please That'll do. Be I'd love to hear she's about that best. initiative. I did read about it. She's the best. And she's what she's doing is bringing the black creatives together because she was tired of people being like, well, where's the black designer? Where's the right. black designer? Where's right. the black designer? Right. And so she's like, Bring us together. And there's all of these kids and people who are so talented Mm -hmm. that I'd never met before, that I was unaware of, because they're doing what they're doing, I'm doing what I'm doing, and our worlds don't collide. Right. Even though you're in the same industry. Yes. And she's bringing us together. That's amazing. And I said to Beth Ann when this was all starting, I was like, you know, you think of like the Asian designers. You think of like historically like the Jewish designers in fashion. Like there's a network and yes. there's a, a an association. A, an association an organization. And, a, and a sisterhood and a yes. brotherhood yeah. where there's support and this and that. And yes. I was like, as you know, people of color, we don't do that and we don't have that. Right. And so that started there. And my my other thing with it was where is it on in like the C-suites, like the people who are making the decisions, like that's where it actually continues to matter more so than ever. And things are starting to open up. There's a little fissure and a crack in a door, Mm -hmm. but it's not a lot. Right. You know, and we're just thinking about America and fashion is global. And you think about Europe and you think about Asia and you think about Africa and you think about all of these things. And you're like, how do I deal with this? Yes. But you have to start somewhere. One day at a time. You know, and and I think it's by having conversations like this. It's by, you know, doing these podcasts where people can hear and other and share and try to understand other experiences. And hear what's behind the curtain. Yes. And then once you see hear or see someone who looks and represents your background and what you've yes. done or yeah. some and and has a similar dream to what you are trying to navigate yes then you can try yeah it has ripple effects yeah and then that also opens an opportunity for you as a designer not only to continue to create your work but also to mentor yes as well as to be 
a mentee. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's really really important it to be able to connect yeah. and to see yourself so you can try. Of course, because in the end, yes, the fashion is great, the clothes are beautiful, but in the end, it's really all about people and relationships, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure in your field, you know, you're. A, a, a doctor yeah. and for other young women to see you it's so inspiring yeah I don't know if there are many of me in plastic surgery not yet no not yet soon come yeah I hope so you get a lot of inspiration from Haiti as I do yes now how does the motherland manifest its beauty in your designs it's always there. It's, it's, you know, I think a lot of people focus on the color and right. the mix of color. Yeah. But, you know, there's sort of an ease to what I do. Mm, it's like a continuous thread for you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I... I, I feel it. And I try not to make it be, con, con, you know, too convoluted right. and, 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 and hard to explain. Right. You just want to put it on yeah. or slip it off. Yeah. You know, like I always say, like... If a sweater, you it, if it arrives at home or you pick it up in a store, you should be able to put it on with what you're wearing that day. Exactly. And to me, that reminds me of being at home. Yeah, it's the ease and versatility yeah. and comfort. It's all about comfort. It's like comfort food for your body. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Except for ours. Except for ours. That's right. <laughs> now, do you return to Haiti sometimes and most recently? Yeah, Haiti? I was there a couple of, not, well, I was going to say last year, but it wasn't. It was the year before twice for yeah. a wedding. Okay. And um, I did this trip with um, this foundation and it was covered by Vogue yes. and it was great. I read that article. Um, yeah. I want to go back more. Okay. Like there's this like group vacation that I'm trying to plan with oh. my mother and her twin sister and they keep ignoring me. <laughs> I'm sure they'll listen. Now, <laughs> I know you have some very exciting global events on the horizon and I won't ask you to be too specific, but would you ever show in Haiti? Absolutely. That would be epic, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I've actually spoken with the former ambassador yes. about that. Yes. And I've spoken with someone who is at the U.S. embassy or consulate, whatever it's called. Yes. There about that. And we've tried to navigate that mm. many different ways. Yeah. And it's it's a dream of mine. Okay. I think it will happen. Perhaps not now. A little bit of unrest now from what I understand. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. there. But you know what? The people of Haiti, when they're upset and pissed off about something, hmm. I respect them that they take to the streets. Yep. They go out there, yep. they're like, no, we're not standing for yep. this. Now, unfortunately, that happens often, <laughs> but at least they're out there speaking their truth, right? Well, you know, in, you look at the flip side in America where everyone's so upset and everyone's just sitting at home, you know, yeah. you know we're numb. texting about it. Yeah, we're texting about it. Nobody's taking up any. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So New York, New York, do you think you need special grit or talent to make it here? I know there's a song. Oh, my God, yeah. Right? I think so, too. Oh, my God, yes. Like, you have to be so hungry and so, as you mentioned, patient but steady and steadfast yeah, and yeah, keep going yeah. and thick skin and pretty skin on beautiful skin on top of it. It's, of course, <laughs> flawless, but so thick. You're supposed to be flawless and dewy, but okay. still, like, I'm still thick fierce, underneath. thick on the inside. <laughs> flawless, dewy, but don't mess with me. Right? I think there's something about New York there. If you're going, if you decide yes. that you're going to make it here, there's a little extra. Yeah. That you have like, to put in. I I always say like you know to people who want to like intern or work with me or whatever, and a lot of the kids can't take it and they go back mm-hmm. home. Literally, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. had this um, young woman who's working with me. She's now in Georgia or wherever, Savannah yeah. or something. Someplace more peaceful. 
Exactly. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. I was like, you don't live in New York because, like, the quality of life. Like, you know, it's we have noise pollution. Mm. We have air pollution. Yeah. You know, it's fucking expensive. Yes. Sorry I curse, guys. It, no, it's true. It's you, truth. You, you know, and and you live here because of work. Yeah. And you're trying to build something. You're yeah. trying to sustain something. And you're trying to express something. Right. You know, that's why people move to New York. Yeah. Whether they are immigrants or they are Americans or dreamers and, or, or, dreamers any, or yeah. whatever it is. That's like, right. you don't meet that many native New Yorkers. That's true. You don't. Yeah. Um, I consider myself one since yeah. three. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how to drive. But <laughs> you, <laughs> that, <qualifies>. <laughs> that really qualifies. <laughs> but it's, there's a reason why. Because yeah. you come here to make it and then you're like, peace out. Deuces. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or you couldn't sustain it and you're like, I'm out of here. Yeah. I tried it. Yeah. And and it was cute, but not for me. It's it's cute. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, like yeah. there's a lot of people who try and they're like, no. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a you know, decision to be respected. But I agree with you. There's 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 a little extra that's mm-hmm. required here for, for you to oh, make yeah. it. Oh, yeah. So when you took the time to reassess your business, then relaunch it yes. five years later, yes. what did you learn to make you relaunch? Meaning what kind of, what clarity mm-hmm. did you receive that made you say, okay, no, I'm going to do it differently yeah. next yeah. time? I call that like my like eat, pray, love moment mm. because I was working at Tommy and I had my menswear business and I was just like, I can't do either of these. So mm-hmm. I quit Tommy, mm-hmm. I closed the business mm-hmm. and then I went to India, I went to Cambodia, wow. I went to Vietnam Wow! and I cried and I like purged yeah. and I had And you this, prayed with the, with the Buddhist oh, monks. Oh, I did it all. Yeah. I was, t- you know, I was like touching the roots in Angkor Wat. Yes. It was, I was like you with- You and I had a similar time. You probably did this around <laughs> the same time. Wasn't that an amazing trip? Tears. Yes. Tears. Catharsis. It was so like energetically releasing. Cleansing and clearing. It was magnificent. You know, like I read like, you know, 600 page books and this and that. It was great. Good for you. And it was just this moment of just like, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. And how do I do it differently? Mm -hmm. And it took me a little longer than I thought. That's okay. It was perfect, the perfect amount of time. Everything in divine precision. And I got to a place where I was like, I'm going to try something that makes me uncomfortable. And it was about, you know, me checking my ego, Mm -hmm. me not doing things that other people expect, that other people have done, that other people would probably do. Yeah. And I... You know, I, I, I don't use, you know, I'm not in tech, so that, like, disruptive word that everyone mm-hmm. throws around, it wasn't disruptive. It was just different for me. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And I started with what I did and liked the best. Yeah. And what I also sold the best, which was the sweaters. Yeah. The you slash know? sweater. The little slash double cardigan. Yeah. And so I took that, and then I was just like, there's the idea. Right. How do I... There's the category that I'm going to focus on, but how do I do it differently? And then I had this idea for these slash sweaters, and yes. it took me almost a year and a half to find a factory that wanted to produce it, well, yeah. that was able to produce it. The way you wanted it. The way I wanted it at the price I wanted mm-hmm. it. You know, and to find the yarn that I really liked. Yes. And it's still the yarn that I work with till today. Yeah. So that sort of year and a half of development mm-hmm. was taxing and really hard because I was like, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? You know, I met a man who became my husband during that period. I was like, 
know. How is all of this going to work? Right. You know, and and but I had if I hadn't gone through that period of like, okay, how am I going to do this differently? Mm-hmm. How do I avoid the mistakes that I made previously yes. and learn from those, acknowledge them and learn from them and try not to repeat them? Because mistakes are inevitable. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm so happy you talked about you're having gotten away to cleanse, to clear your mind and to just get perspective. Yes. Which leads to my next question, because it sounds as if you knew you needed to get away and you had a vision, but you didn't necessarily have a strategy, meaning Correct. you didn't know how you were going to get there. Correct. So my next question is, how important is strategy? Based on your experience, it's not all that important because it is possible to have the ambition and have the vision, but not necessarily know how you're going to get there. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. So you had a point... You, you didn't have a point-by-point point strategy, but you knew that you had to get away yes. and reassess and yes. think about yes. things differently. Yes. I knew where I was. It wasn't the right path. Okay. So that's why I was just like, let's put a pin in this for now. And it wasn't the right path because you weren't happy or because you weren't I, profitable? I, I, I was, the business wasn't growing. The business was sort of the same. I It just felt sort of flat, flat. to me. Understood. Okay. And personally, I was just exhausted yeah. I was you know working a full-time job to fund my business Got which it. was also a full-time job yes you know and it was just like this isn't work yeah. none of this is working for me yeah. as a person mm-hmm. for me creatively mm-hmm. for me financially for me professionally okay so I was just like let's put that on pause for now yeah and I sort of like hinted this before I thought I would figure it out a little bit quicker than five years mm-hmm. but I had the idea, but I didn't know how to execute it. Got it. And even with, you know, my very network and this and that, I still didn't feel like I was personally in the right place. Yes. Financially in the right place also to do, to make a miss, another misstep. Yes. Because when one thing closes, whether it's, a business, a relationship, like you have to mourn that. Yeah. And it took me some time to mourn. It took me longer than I expected to mourn that. Because it was your baby. You Absolutely. put everything into it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't see it as a failure right. at all. Right. You know, it just wasn't working. Right. It was a and pivot point. Exactly. And and that got me to where we are today. Yeah. But that process of you know, sort of building a strategy and building a business strategy, Mm -hmm. it took me a while because I didn't have any examples to follow. I didn't have anyone else who was just focusing on knitwear. You know, there's really sort of like plain sweaters around. Right, right. But not what I was doing where it's actually fashion. Yes. And just, it's a designer product, but just in a single category, which is knitwear. Right. And so it took me a long time for people to understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, people in our industry to understand it, press people, buyers, right. stores, right. customers. Like, I just do knits. Yeah, and I still yeah. have to explain to people. It's like, well, I really like that, but how, what do I wear it in? How do I wear it in the summer? I'm like, you just wear it. Yeah. It's, it's a cotton sweater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there yeah. is this education of it. Which is even, crazy. It, in well, an industry where there are no rules, yet there are rules. There's a lot of guardrails, wow. Dr. Shirley. Wow. A lot. But it's 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 perception. Yes. You know, and it's it's again, it has to do with people not understanding it because it hasn't sort of been done, done before. before. And 
I'm not that boastful and I'm yeah. not, you know, b- banging on people's head. Like, right. I'm like, you either get it or you don't. Right. If you don't yeah. get it, leave me alone. I got you. <laughs> I, I kind of feel the same way about how I brand my practice, mm-hmm. which is, yes, plastic surgery. And I'm very traditionally trained, but I consider myself to practice holistically. Correct. So for me, inside matters as much as outside. I can do anything for you on the outside, but it really ought to be complimented on the inside. Oh my gosh. Once once I first started saying and branding my practice as holistic plastic mm-hmm. surgery, I got so many questions of, well, what's so holistic about it? Like, do you put special tinctures on your scalpel? Exactly. Or do you put herbs on yes. your needles? Yes. And it's just like, oh my gosh. There like, needs there's a to re-education. Be, yes, there needs to be like one thing where you yeah. can just answer that. So yeah. then you're like, oh, that's holistic. Right. But it's more than that. It's more than that. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. get you. Mm-hmm. I get you. Holistic knitwear. <laughs> <laughs> so you did experience some obstacles along the of way. Of course. But still you, do. Yeah. But how do you resolve those on a month-to-month or day-to-day basis? Is when something comes up, what is your go-to like <sighs> exhalation? I like that question. Um, Thank you. My my go-to is to not freak out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to <Yes. laughs> shut shut the computer, mm-hmm. put the phone down, don't yeah. respond too quickly. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've had some accidents that way, right? <laughs> Whoopsie. Step away from it. Right. Step away from the computer. <laughs> Sir. Beep, 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 yeah. beep, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. Put your hands up. Yes, oh. literally. Literally. Um, but it's to really just like take a deep breath and step away from it. Yeah. And it's not as bad as I think when I look back on the little like flare ups. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to call them. Yeah. You know, like you can navigate them yes. and you can deal with them. And, you know, I feel like sometimes I've made them into bigger deals than yeah. they have been because I have... I was unable to put the phone down right. or unable to close the computer and right. step away you from it. Fuel to the fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> some, some. I'm an Aquarian. Spice. I'm an Aquarian. We have to like keep you on your toes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Forget the water part. You did not put water on that fire. You put more spice and Heat. flavor in. Heat. Heat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love your fire. It's perfect. But you know, the, the thing is that you have to remember what the end result is. Is yes. and what the goal is, yes. and your what eyes on the prize. keep your eyes on the prize and focus on the ultimate action that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. You know, like right now, I'm planning my next fashion show that yes. Dr. Shirley hopefully will be. I will at. be there, um, February sixth, right, seven p.m. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and there's you know this person's confirmed, then that's not going to happen anymore. You know, I'm like, wait, but that was confirmed, you know, and we're just like figuring out the location, the date, once we start dealing with models and hair and makeup Mm. and all of these things. But that's just the nature of the beast. That's right. And I've learned, you know, through my couple of years in fashion. Yes, more than that. Way more than that. That it's just... The process. It's the process. This is the process. You know, after that, we go into market and we start selling it. And then, you know, it's, it's, there's a rhythm to it that I sort of know now. Yeah. But even with understanding and knowing the rhythm, there are still things that trigger and that upset and that disappoint. Of course. You know, but. I have to believe in myself and understand that what I'm doing. A, I have to like it and believe in it. Yep. 
And I, I'm lucky that I have a great support system in my family and my friends that we just talk about a lot of other things that have nothing to do with work. Yep. Um, and that's sort of how I get through it. I love the takeaways from what you just said. So number one, believe in yourself. Yes. Number two, do have a support system. It's invaluable. Invaluable. And number three, as um, I think it was Marie Forleo who has like an online B-school mm-hmm. type of thing. She says, everything is figure outable. And that's what you just... I love that. Right? Everything is figureoutable. Yeah. And if you think about it and step away yeah. from the computer <laughs> and take the time, then you will figure it out. So a, a couple of little fun questions. Ooh. Ooh. Do you have any special or favorite celebrity stories? Um, I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> one favorite. Um, this was a hard one for me because I was like, oh, I want to keep it private and this right. and that. But, you know, yeah. I, I, I'll never forget when I used to work, um, I used to do PR and I worked at, um, and my main account was Versace. And I did okay. Versace for a while. And I love Versace and I love yeah. Donatella. Whenever she's I, iconic. I, she's so nice. She's, she's so funny. Yeah. Whenever I see her, the security is like, Come and say hello to La Signora. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh, my, La I'm like, hi, Donatella. She's like, how come you didn't come and say hi to me, Victor? Aww. I was like, because you were busy. Yeah. Um, she seems like good people. She's the best. And I yeah. love the whole team there. There's yeah. a whole, lot new people since I worked there or when I worked for them. Well, apparently she sold the company, yes, right? Yeah. But she's still, you know. She's still Donatella Versace. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I'll never forget, years ago, I was walking to the office, atelier, whatever, yes. on Via Gesù in Milan. Yes. And I see this, like, big guy, and I see, you know, like, a couple of other people. And I get closer, and I see Ty Hunter, stylist. I yes. see um, Tina Knowles. Uh-oh. and And Beyonce and yeah. other members. Yes. And, and the sort. Yes. <laughs> and, like, that big security that big guy. guy. Yeah. And, and Beyonce is like, hi, Victor. And I was like... And I still sort of like remember that. Whoa! And, and I was like, I want oh. a Beyonce moment like I was that. Like, Hi, oh. Dr. Shirley. Hi, Miss like, B. Oh, yeah. Oh, and now you know, a couple of years later, yes. You know, and and the the force that and the impact of her and her artistry is so mm. amazing. So yeah, that is. A really fun. That is really fun. <laughs> and may the force continue to be with you. I don't know if that's going to happen today, but yeah, Maybe that's tomorrow. Th- that happens. <laughs> so, would you say at that moment on Via Jesu when you got the hi Victor from Queen B, would you say that that is a moment when you realize that you've made it? No, I haven't made it yet. Oh no, I haven't made not it yet. yet. No, so no, come. no, no. My ambition won't allow me to feel that way. Like, Ah. I've got a lot more to do. Okay. I like that. And what is on your wish list? What yet do you have to do? Oh, my goodness. How long do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Give me your top two. I, you know, I want to design for a house in Europe. Uh I want to sell globally. I There's a lot of, you know, I want to have a kid. There's a lot of things I want to do. So let's talk about the kid. Not that your husband is a kid, but I was about to say that leads to that ultimately. You are married, yes? Yes. Congratulations. It's a little over a year. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been married a year, and you're married to a professional man, right? Yes. So he's got a very serious day job. Very. How do you manage marriage to your partner and the marriage to your career? 
not easy. Right. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> it's not easy. I mean, right? It's not easy. No kidding. Um, any advice? Oh my god. Do you have any advice for me? No. You've been doing it longer than I have. <laughs> Four years. <laughs> um, you know what? I I sort of mentioned this at the beginning. Like yeah. we met when I was launching this. Had a very and, busy time yes, for you. And I was just like, I don't know if this is gonna work. I should do one or the I was gonna yeah. like focus on the business yeah. and like pick it up later with him. <laughs> right. But it just sort of like blossomed into yeah. this beautiful thing yeah. that we're in now. Yeah. And he's really supportive of yeah. what I do. I'm supportive of what he does. Which is amazing. We find time to do our thing and then yeah. be together. And there are times, you know, like going into like fashion week where I'm just like, listen, like. Yeah, I can't talk to you right there's now. There's like yeah. no dinners <laughs> yeah. and this and that. And, you, and he's like, he gets it. Yeah. And he doesn't come from this world. And no. he, and everyone loves him. Yeah. You know, and he's just so sincere and thoughtful and supportive and he really likes my friends and my That's friends awesome. really like him and, That's awesome. You know, he really likes my family and yeah. my family really likes him. So it's it it's, works. It's, it's yeah, it's great, yeah. you know, and I like his family and right. he's, you know, he's from Luxembourg, like yeah. this little tiny place in Europe and we all get along quite well. That's wonderful. Um, so it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, thank so you. it sounds as if you both do your own thing and you both have mutual respect for what you yes. do, but you make the time and find the time to A, communicate, yes. and then B, to be together when it's when you yeah, can. Absolutely. And to really be together, yes. present with absolutely, each other. Absolutely, absolutely. Like without phones yeah. and all of that. Wonderful. And it's quite nice. Like yeah. since we've been together like at night, yeah. I shut down my phone, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't look at it yeah. and I don't look at it before I go to sleep right. and I just, and I'm an early riser. So I wake up and I'm like, boom, you know, yeah. but it's good to have that, your that, time. Yeah. Well, good thing you're not married to a plastic surgeon because I can't turn my phone off. <laughs> oh my God. That's true. Yeah. I love that. Though. Even at night. Oh yeah. Even at night. And especially when I'm on call, forget it. Yeah. But I have this uh, thing about, you know, the phones and the radiation. So it's like a conflict for me. Like, I, I don't keep the where phone. Where do you keep near, the phone? Like, away in the corner of another room in this, like, special case and stuff. <laughs> 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 well, I need, I love my brain, you know. I don't so want you're to just hearing a, you're just hearing a ding. a ding, ding somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, it sounds like a beautiful relationship. Thank you. I hope thank to you, meet him one day. You. you haven't met him? No, I haven't. Maybe at the show. Definitely. Okay, yes. I'll seek him out. Yes. I'll be like, I know things about you. <laughs> Good things. So last few questions. This Ooh. one is called the Fast Five. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to name two sets of things, you know, and you just have to tell me exactly what's on your mind. Don't even think about it. Okay. And there are just five of these sets, okay? So this is the Fast Five. Solids or prints? Solids. Casual or formal? Formal. Hmm. I'm surprised by that. <laughs> Creator or collaborator? Creator. Travel or staycation? Travel. What? I knew that one. Mountains or beach? Beach. Wow, that was fast. I love it. I don't hike. <laughs> you know what? I've been hiking over the past few years. That Why? Is serious. <laughs> the first time I hiked, I hiked in Bhutan. Have you been to Bhutan? No, yet? I have not. It's a must. It's a must for you, especially after well, you describe Southeast it Asia. It sounds like experience. a lot of hiking. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not um, going. It's on mm, the list. I don't know. So that was the first time I hiked. I think I left a lung on that mountain. 
Um, but it was so surreal and beautiful how I fell. Yeah. Because I was hiking, and then there were just, it must have been 30 or 40 monks literally just do, 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 do you know, climbing up this steep hill. What as were they if, wearing? Their robes. And sandals. Fabulous. Meanwhile, I have on my shorts. I've got on my knapsack. I have on my hiking <laughs> boots. Very expensive, fabulous hiking boots. Didn't serve me at all because I was so distracted by this beautiful procession of monks in these gorgeous, oh, gorgeous. burgundy Bordeaux-colored robes that I got so distracted I must have slipped on a rock and I fell and scraped my shin and it was bleeding Ooh. like crazy. Were you alone? No, I had a friend of mine uh-huh. with me, and she freaked out. I'm the doctor, of course. Yes. She's like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. I'm bleeding profusely from my leg, but I'm still looking at these monks, and they're just passing me by like, hey, you know, please be <laughs> with you, sister. You're bleeding. And thankfully, there was you know, a faucet nearby, and I go to rinse my leg, and my friend is like, that could be contaminated water. Anyway, well, needless to say. <laughs> You're like, I'm the doctor here. Yeah, I'm a do- I can handle it. So that was my first hike, and it was surreally beautiful, even though I nearly busted myself, busted my butt. And I'm a Assuming that was your last hike? No, <laughs> it wasn't. I kind of like it now. There's something. There's something about my personality that likes to suffer a little bit. I guess. Anyway, so the next question mm-hmm. is the Fab Five. What are your top five recommendations for living a fashionable and beautiful life? Okay. I'm gonna write these down. Um, my number one, number one, number one is water. Drink a lot of it. Oh yeah. We're drinking it right now. Yes, we are, sip. aren't we? Both tea and bag of the water. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Laughter. Yes, we did that a lot during the podcast. <laughs> Thank goodness. I love it. Thank goodness. Thank you for that. It's important. It's medicine. Thank you, Dr. Shirley. Thank you. Um, a pair of good shoes. Ah. And I mean a pair of good shoes. Good dress shoes or good walking shoes or it doesn't matter? Let's look at our shoes. Well, I've got on really comfortable Boots. It's a good boot. That's I've, a good boot. I've got on a hiking boot. And you have but, on a hiking but boot. But I don't hike. But you don't hike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm just going to leave it at a pair of really good shoes. Okay. What's um, your number four? Joy. Yes. That is your forever fab. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. And number five? The family you choose or the family you're born into. Okay. Is there a difference? Yes. How so? Our friends could be our family. That's true. You know? That's true. Our, our, our lovers could be our family. Yes. You know? Yes. It's, there's so many things. And your chosen you family is exactly. That's your family. I like that. And they're, to me, they're just as important as your blood family. Yeah. Sometimes you don't like your blood family. <laughs> it piss you off. That's true. On more than one occasion. And you're like, oh my God, I'm stuck with this one. <laughs> <laughs> or, they say, or they're stuck with you. <laughs> true. But they say that, you know, people in the spiritual world, spiritual world say that the family that you are born into, you actually did choose. You mm-hmm. just weren't aware mm-hmm. that you chose them. Mm-hmm. And you chose them because they're here to teach you something yes, in life, absolutely. whether it's your mission, your purpose, yes, a yes. lesson, whatever. So that's still I started to realize that in my 30s when I was like, oh, I really love my family. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful for my family there. Same. Are, seriously, my tribe. Same. Victor, this has been amazing. Are we done? Yeah. 
Oh my God, we can keep going. I know, right? We can keep going for hours, <laughs> but I know you're a busy, very busy man. Shows to plan globally all over the world. I wanted to thank you for your time, your energy, your positivity, your creativity, your perspective, your hopefulness, oh and your goodness. joy Dr. on this Shirley, podcast thank today. Thank you. I hope you'll be back again. Absolutely. Wonderful. Let's schedule it. Okay. I can't wait. Done. You've been listening to my interview with Victor Glamod on A Journey of Dreams, How to Design Your Life in Fashion. Please, you may purchase Victor Glamod's creations and designs at Saks Fifth Avenue, Moda Operande, Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus, Shopbop, and other places. So please support this incredible artist. And I thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast. Until next time, stay beautiful, stay fashionable, and stay fabulous inside and out. Thank you, Victor. Thank you, Dr. Shirley. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.